What's up, everybody? I'm French the Bro host, and I would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. This is episode 53, and this is a weekly podcast where we like to bring you the most intriguing next news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at the Take. If you want to find us on YouTube, you can search us and find us there at Nick's Take Videos. If you'd rather follow on Instagram, you'll find us at The Nick's Take. And lastly, on Facebook at Nick's Take Media. Now, this last little week, if you're wondering why I'm doing a solo pod, it's because this last week was the birthday of my brother. Shout out to Ja so focused his birthday was on july 15th he out turning up all week so i'm here with y'all solo this week and um he'll be he'll be back next week most likely if he ain't too too hung and and fucked up you know what i'm saying so i got to spend a little time with my niece and nephew this weekend as a result of him out partying and shout out to lucas and layla them kids are just getting so big they're getting smart I witnessed them getting dressed by themselves for the first time and blew my mind. Like, I, I watched you two be born. Literally, I was there. And now you're just getting dressed and taking your socks and pants and all that. Like, bro, that's it's just blowing my mind. I, I can't believe it. But outside of that, I was trying to get them into some of my childhood favorite movies. It didn't work out too well. They, I ended up losing the battle to Flippy. But... Outside of the babysitting, I've just been working throughout the week. Been locked into Nick's Summer League as well as the Donovan Mitchell trade sweepstakes drama that's going on. So it's been a lot to to catch all up on. So I'm going to just jump straight into it. Straight from what I just said, Donovan Mitchell trade rumors. It seems like the Knicks are the leading team in the trade talks with Utah. No other team really has what Utah is looking for, which is draft assets. And the Knicks have the most in the NBA outside of Oklahoma City. So there's speculation that Danny Ainge, who currently sits as the executive for Utah, he's leaking details of the trade negotiations to the media to get James Dolan antsy. And if you know anything about James Dolan in the past, you know he's gotten involved in trade negotiations that could land us a star. There's speculation about him jumping into Carmelo Anthony uh, trade negotiations and trading away all the assets, all the trade, all the draft picks that we had to get Carmelo and then get uh, and Andrea Bargnani on the Knicks. It's just been a, a bad history of that. So it just seemed like this is all speculation. There's no, there's no proof of this. It's just a lot of people saying Danny Ainge is leaking this stuff to the media. People were thinking like, well, why would that be? And James Dolan being the owner of the Knicks, it seems like, oh, the Knicks are bad. They could get the owner to get antsy and just say, give him whatever they want. This is a star. We could get him in a trade, give him whatever he wants, and then 
you, that's how you end up getting fleeced in the trade. Danny Ainge has a history of fleecing other teams and blockbuster trades. And the main one that people think of in terms of the trades that he's gotten the most out of is the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade where they shipped them two guys off from Boston to Brooklyn and Boston received the draft picks with that they used to draft Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and another draft pick was used to trade for Kyrie Irving. So it was a big piece in the trade for Kyrie Irving. Another one of the draft picks didn't really turn out to be much, but these are three draft picks out of the four that they used in that trade, and they got three stars. Hands down, they, they came out on the other end of that trade successfully. Brooklyn went to, like, the playoffs for a few years, ended up flaming now. Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce ended up retiring a few years after the fact. They didn't really stay at the star level for much longer. So Danny Ainge fleeced Brooklyn, had Brooklyn going through a rebuild at the time that the draft picks were in play. And you see how that worked out. As we also have now learned, Utah asked Knicks executives for Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Miles McBride, and six first-round draft picks in return for Donovan Mitchell. And that's a haul. And I don't really understand why we would have to give up that much because when you look at other teams' best offers for Donovan Mitchell, not really other teams, it's just really Miami. And it makes you question why New York would have to give up so much because Miami's best offer for Donovan Mitchell would be Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, <clears throat> a few draft picks, but not, not nearly as much as New York would have to offer. Duncan Robinson didn't even play in the last playoffs, and he's getting paid a significant amount of money. I don't think Utah would be down to trade for someone that is getting paid that much money when they're trying to rebuild. Tyler Hero doesn't really seem to have much value around the NBA. So I don't see why we would have to give up so much in a trade to Utah because we don't really have any competitors out there. We'd be just outbidding ourselves at that point. And in other news, Donovan Mitchell, he's in New York as we speak, throwing the pitch at the Nets game. It was Donovan Mitchell night. Knicks fans all showed up, let their presence be felt. It seemed like Mitch felt at home. He's smiling from ear to ear, interacting with the fans, doing a little batting practice. It's just like, bro, he's in New York. He wants to be here. It, it, I don't see how this situation could go any other way, but it ending it in a trade, unless Danny Ainge is just stuck to what he wants and Leon Rose and the Knicks brass don't really move off of their pivot and just stick to what it is that the field can offer and just raise the price a little bit above that. And then you could receive Donovan Mitchell because if you don't really have no other outside offers that can compete, it doesn't really make sense to go above and beyond that. I don't really want to see Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, or Quentin Grimes going in this trade. If all we end up trading was Miles McBride, I could live with that because... In the last two summer leagues, we've seen Miles McBride. It didn't really seem like he was way too good to be out there like we saw from Quickly last year, like we saw from Obi last year, like we saw from Quentin Grimes this year. He's still 
does a good job of doing the things that he does well, but he's not going to hold me up from trading for a star player like an Emmanuel quickly would or like Quentin Grimes would. Um, I like Quentin Grimes because he's so versatile. He's a defender. He can take control of the offense. He's a lights out shooter. Deuce McBride doesn't have as many things that you can point to that makes you want to hold him up in that type of a trade. So that's just my preference. I would rather get rid of him, not get rid of him, but include him in a trade if they really want young talent, because he is still a young talent, but I don't think he's going to be a piece that you're going to dread watching years to come um, on another team. But since we're already talking about the Summer League, let's just jump into what happened this week in Summer League and this, the Knicks faced off against Orlando, no uh, Paolo. Orlando still put up a valiant effort before Deuce McBride led the way, scoring 23 points to a Knicks win. Uh, Quentin Grimes followed up with 22. Jericho Sims had a perfect 12 points, a 10 rebounds, and the Knicks go into the championship game winning three of their last four games. Final score was 101 to 69. And every game before the championship game outside of Portland was the Knicks scoring 100 points. The only Knicks loss in the entire summer league came to Portland. And that was a game that, like, the the Portland Trailblazers got off to a slow start. We were up 11-0. Then they got down, started playing their type of defense. Richard Jefferson was at the game uh, as a referee. I don't think we spoke about this last episode, but that game was just so weird to watch. And Portland just bullied the Knicks the entire game for the most part. And we that was our only loss throughout the summer league. And when it came to this championship game, it was more of the same. The Knicks really couldn't score. We couldn't really get many shots up. We still had the intensity on defense, but we had a lot more mental lapses in this game. It seemed like the moment was a little too much for some of the Knicks. Um, I still like Ferran Hunt, but He's been so much worse, so much more worse defensively since I gave him all that praise in the last episode. He looked out of sorts on countless possessions. There were many open jumpers as a result of his mental lapses. Jericho Sims also, he was struggling to guard the big man out there. The big man ended up winning the Summer League Championship game MVP. And it was just a tough game to watch. The only real standout from the game for me was Quentin Grimes. His shot wasn't really falling the most, but he was the only Nick that was able to consistently get good looks for not only him, but his teammates as well. But And this is through Portland focusing the entire defense to stop him from scoring because coming into this game, he was the leader in Summer League for like Summer League MVP. He was head and shoulders above the entire competition in Summer League. He's the best player in Summer League, and it's not even really close. And that's what you really want to see from a second-year player. And final score of this game, 85-77. 
only team to hold us under 100 points throughout the entire summer league. They did it twice. And it wasn't just us. They held every team that they played against under 100 points. And that's just that's just really good defense. They, they played tough. You got to just tip your hats off to them. They didn't have all the talent in the world, but they had the will and the determination. That's what you wanted to see from the Knicks. But, hey, you can't win them all. We got enough from Summer League to know that it wasn't for nothing. We had great play, strong play. We saw improvements from the guys we needed to see it from. And my reaction from the Summer League as a whole was that Quentin Grimes should absolutely be Summer League MVP. I said the center for Portland was the Summer League game MVP. Apparently, there's going to be an entire Summer League MVP, and I think that should go to Quentin Grimes. Trevor Kills, by far the most disappointing Summer League. I see the, like, traits where he fits into the offense, but if he's not going to be an offensive threat, it doesn't really help the team as a whole because there's many opportunities where he had open shots and he just couldn't knock them down. Driving lanes and he just couldn't finish the layup. And he's a young player. We got to see him for years to come. Hopefully next year, Summer League, he, we see a dramatic increase from production from his end on the offensive end. And um, I, w- I would like to see just where he goes because we didn't really get to see much. And if if you didn't really scout him coming into this uh, Summer League, and you, this is your first time really watching him play, it'd really be hard to see why the Knicks chose to draft him all the, over all the other options that they had on draft night. Trading out of the lottery, you've got three first-round picks. We've seen the Knicks move up and down in the lottery order, not the lottery order, the draft order, really as much as they please. I believe if they saw a player that they liked in his draft, they could have gotten them no matter where it was in terms of anywhere after the lottery, if you understand. They couldn't get Jaden Ivey. Cool. The only player that they left this draft with was Trevor Kills and a few of the guys who went undrafted. And it says that you really like this player, and if you can choose him out of all the players in this draft, then you would expect that in Summer League you get to see why. And if you're a fan that didn't scout him beforehand and this is your first time seeing him, I completely understand why you just wouldn't be much of a believer in Trevor Kills. But he's going to have a, a long time to prove that Summer League doesn't really mean anything. This is his first NBA action, his first NBA experience. He did play a lot of minutes. He got a lot of time to gel with this team. It's his first time playing with these guys. He had to follow the lead of the second-year players. So maybe when he has more of the offense in his control like he's probably used to, once we start seeing him get in the G League and get some, getting some reps in, we'll see exactly what we want to see from Trevor Kills. But we didn't get that from Summer League. Another reaction leaving Summer League was that Deuce McBride, yes, he's he's a very good player, never going to – slight him in that in that aspect but we didn't really see a dramatic improvement from year one to year two he's still not a consistent enough scorer for my liking personally he got pretty much abused in this matchup against portland with the other undrafted point guard 
uh, Williams. I don't remember what his first name is. If if it's not Brandon, I'm I'm sorry. I'm messing your name up, but you're not on the Knicks, so I don't really care. You 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 ate up Deuce McBride. I'm not feeling you. So forget what your name is, but you want to see Deuce McBride abusing his his opponent like that, and controlling the offense like that, getting your shot off whenever you want, and it was just tough to watch in the championship game that we could have won. We came back from a 15-point deficit in the fourth quarter, cut it down to five just for the lead to balloon back up to 10 points. Like, we were fighting back to get into this game the entire game. Jericho Sims was getting eaten alive by the other uh, big man, and uh, Deuce McBride was getting eaten alive by this undrafted point guard. Not eaten alive, but... Like, I, yeah, Deuce, he plays really good defense, but he didn't really shut anything down in terms of the point of attack from the point guard on the other end. So we didn't really see what we wanted to see from Deuce McBride. We saw a lot of flashes from Sims. He did a lot of things that we didn't see last year. We saw a pull-up jump shot in this game. It didn't fall, but... If he's working on that, I, I expect you to. I expect to see you take more of those, and eventually they all they are going to start to fall, and that's what we saw from Taj Gibson. So, hey, if we got a big man who would do that, more power to you. We see you doing hook shots in the in the paint, working on your post moves. You skying for rebounds. You skying for alley oops. Keep working. You're doing a lot of things that you weren't doing a year ago, and I want to see you keep improving. And so does the rest of the Knicks fans. But it doesn't seem like he's ready to be a solidified backup yet. And maybe by the end of the year, that won't even be a question anymore. But as of right now, I can see why the Knicks chose to sign Hartenstein because he's more of a, a, a solidified backup who's going to be ready to start um, his start in his role from day one. So... That's my thoughts on the Summer League. My final thoughts in general now that the Summer League is wrapped up, the dog days of the NBA are upon us. So where do we stand as a Nick organization? I'm not, I'm not too upset. Even if we stand pat, don't make a trade, the Knicks roster right now is very solid from top to bottom. The Knicks roster is... A solid start starting lineup. We have a, a solidified starting lineup with Jalen Brunson at the one. I see uh, Quentin Grimes at the two. I'm gonna speak on that in a second. RJ at the three, Brandu and Mitch at the at four and five. That's a solidified lineup. And with the bench lineup with Derrick Rose, either Fournier or Reddish. Coming off the bench with IQ and OB, that's going to be a top bench in the, in the NBA. A top scoring bench is going to just run a lot of lineups off the floor. Quentin Grimes showing that he's ready to be a starting shooting guard. That's what we wanted to see at the end of the summer league, and we saw that. He lit summer league on fire. He was by far the best player in Las Vegas. And that's what you really want to see. If you're going to have Jalen Brunson, he's an undersized guard. He's not going to get abused by no other point guard in post. So we don't really have to worry about that, but we do have to worry about size. 
when it comes to like bigger players and switches and stuff like that. And I feel like Quentin Grimes is going to be perfect for that. He's going to be a perfect blend to the starting five that he's not a guy that needs the ball, but if he does have the ball at the end of the shot clock, you can depend on him to make the right play. You could depend on him to make a, a an open shot. You can depend on him to make a good play, even if the defender's closing out. He can put the ball on the floor and do things that Evan Fournier maybe could do, but Evan Fournier doesn't bring the defense impact that Quentin Grime does. So if we get to see that starting lineup open tonight, many Knicks fans are going to be happy, and I feel like the Knicks are going to be a really dangerous team in the East. I don't know how far we could go, but I do see playoffs in our future, regardless if we make this trade or not. Take a deep breath, y'all. Most Knicks fans want Julius Randle gone, including me. But he now has a legitimate point guard who will set him up. And he hasn't had a lead guard that is as good as Jalen Brunson since he's played on the Lakers with Lonzo Ball. So with that information that I just can't simply ignore, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely against seeing what Julius Randle can bring next year because I feel like we could see a strong bounce back year from Julius Randle. And it doesn't seem like he has any trade value around the league. And I don't feel comfortable just trading him for nothing. And now that he has a point guard, we saw him have the All-NBA year with Alfred Payton as his point guard. And now that he has a point guard who just is fresh off a Western Conference Finals trip, and he's very respected around the NBA as a solidified point guard, I think we can see a much better Julius Randle and a much better year four R.J. Barrett. And going into year four R.J., I think this is where we see the ascension of his game get to the point where he's an all-star now. I believe the Knicks will get to the playoffs mainly due to the fact that R.J. has improved so significantly. And I just don't see the issues that we had last season being what affects us this year because we're so much younger. We have solidified point guards on the roster. We get a Derrick Rose back and... Yeah, Derrick Rose played a huge part of Julius Randle getting to All-NBA, too. He didn't have Julius Randle. I mean, Derrick Rose last year. He didn't have Alfred Payton last year. Alfred Payton and and Julius Randle had chemistry playing together. Nick fans hated Alfred Payton, but when he was gone, we saw what that did to Julius Randle. As much as we don't really want to admit it. And... I don't know. I just see things going a lot differently this year. And with all the talent that's on this year, I can see it blending so much more easily this year. 
regardless if we make the trade. And even if, even if we do make this trade for Spider, Donovan Mitchell, I don't see it impacting the roster dramatically because that's what Leon Rose seems, Leon Rose seems to be prioritizing is keeping the roster together so that they can compete. We're not going to be using many draft, fi- draft picks moving forward unless we make trades where guys have to go. So if we can make trades with mainly draft picks and we keep most of our core together and these guys just grow together, I believe we can acquire draft picks later on down the line that we can use, even if it's middle of the pack or end of the first round. That's where we got Quentin Grimes from in, in, in the first place. That's where we got quickly from. We can find value anywhere in the draft, and I feel like if we got to give up six, seven first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell and we don't have to give up our young core, we just have to give up Fournier to make salary match, I'm doing that. And if that was to happen, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be different in New York. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. But outside of that, hey, I ain't really got nothing else to talk to y'all about. Just a little update video to let y'all know what's going on. We're most likely going to record again next week. But if there's no news, hey, I just want to sign off now. It's been a pleasure talking to y'all again. I, I enjoy doing these solo pods. Even though I miss my brother here to talk and combat some of these points, because I know he probably disagreed with a few of these things that I, I spoke about here on this on this episode. But hey, no further ado, I'd like to bid you adieu and thank you for listening to. <laughs> Bing bong. La ya. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.